Hi everybody, I'm Sal, and you're listening to the Elseworlds Exchange, brought to you by Comic Pop. Go to comicpop.net for all your YouTube comic book needs. This episode in particular is brought to you by Loot Crate. Go to lootcrate.com slash comicpop, use the promo code TVLittleHouse, and you can save 10% on your own Loot Crate of your own monthly boxes. You don't know what's in them, but they're all really cool. This year, they're really, really stepping up their game. There's a few items, but they're all of high quality, and they're really fun. You've heard the name, now get your own. Go to lootcrate.com slash comicpop, save 10% by using the promo code TVLittleHouse. Alright, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hey everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. And we're going to talk about the Batman vs. Superman movie and the rumors about the R rating. But before we do that, I thought I'd open up this sweet poly bag of Detective Comics number 50. Uh, that was, uh, you know, it's got a secret variant cover inside. I don't think it's very secret, but I thought we'd open it up on the show anyway. Because who yeah, doesn't love fancy. opening poly bags and making people freak out? The, the, the fact that unboxing is a genre that has taken the internet by storm, you know, amazes me and pleases me at the same time. It's true. Like, hey, what's in this box? I and mean, you know what? Honestly, like, I think that appeals to us all. What's inside? It does. It's, it's human nature. It's that Mr. Burns, you know, you could trade it all in for the mystery box. The box. The box. The box. box. The box. What's in it? All right, here we go. And it is the... My video is lagging behind, so I'm actually going to get to see this at the same rate. The, the Raphael Grandpa variant of Batman vs. Superman for Detective Comics number 50. Oh, nice. Yeah, I really like this, actually. I don't like the fact that this is Batman on his chest, but everything else is pretty sweet. This is a great variant, and uh, also, you Ooh, know... that is pretty. Not quite mint, because I opened the poly bag. <laughs> Which you never do. Which you never do, but don't worry, I have a, I have, I have a spare. So, uh, of course, there's always... You gotta buy two. Sometimes three, you buy one to open, one to decorate your wall, and then another one to keep in the poly bag forever. Right. <laughs> That'll appreciate in value. Yeah, they never do. Also, the poly bags deteriorate and sometimes damage the comic, so good luck with that. Oh, no. But yeah, fun book. Thank you, DC. We'll uh, we'll get on with the show. Um, I think uh, I think the comic I own right now that I'm the most proud of that I tried to keep safest is a first edition Harley Quinn number zero signed by uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and nice. Amanda Hunter. I feel like like you know this one might actually be worth something one day. Yeah, I could see that. I have a uh, I have a Spider Man the first issue of Big Time signed Ooh. by Slot Ramos and Stan Lee. And I've been keeping oh, that. Nice. It's actually on the shelf on the show, like <laughs> on the set. I, I think those signatures are worth more than that comic. Because remember what a timeless character Big Time was. No, no, no. no. The, the the story arc called Big Time, in which Spider Man became like a big shot. Oh, I thought you meant like that stupid sidekick character. No, no. Oh God. He was the worst. Don't you love that we've completely forgotten about that character? Now everyone's like, no, screw that guy. I deliberately like forced him out of my mind. I, he got a miniseries and everyone collectively was like, nope. Yeah, everyone collectively rejected it. Mm. Good. It's it's rare that that happens, but sometimes, you know, the comic book uh, community hive mind moves in the right way and we just put our feet in the sand and are like, no, we reject you, Alpha, big time. Alpha, that's it. Like, because honestly, you know, like, Slot did some really cool things. He created some cool characters. He did something new and interesting with... Eddie Brock Venom and did something yeah. cool with that. He's an action figure for God's sake. Yeah. But Alpha sucks. 
Yeah, Alpha Alpha does suck. And you know, <laughs> I'm I'm not even against Peter Parker having a sidekick that could work in a proper context. Yeah. Um I mean, hell, Daredevil has a sidekick now. There's a lot of sidekickery going on. Yeah, I feel like we might see something like that. Hopefully not Alpha, but we might see a, a sidekick in Peter Parker's future. I'm I'm surprised they just don't do a Miles in Peter book where I know, but I think people would freak out. I think they'd be like, Well, this marginalization, he so sure we have the black Spider Man and he's the sidekick to Spider Man. Like a, no it, 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 it's a win lose thing. I'll, honestly I'm I'm happy with the Miles Morales Spider-Man book the way it's, it is now. That's the thing is that the Miles Morales Spider-Man book is probably a hundred percent better than the Amazing Spider-Man book right now. So it's like it, I it would hate argued. to see it get bogged down. It's you know the way they have it now is the way that I've been asking them to do it forever, and that is let Peter Parker grow up, let him be an adult with adult responsibilities, let him run a company and use his brain for good, yeah. and let Miles run around New York City and have you know high school kid problems and superhero problems. Let him be for today's kids what Peter Parker was in the sixties. Yeah, it's funny because it's all, well anyway that's another topic we should talk about that but I, I, I was should. gonna say like they tried to do that with the clone they're like look he's he's. Uh, uh, the same character you like, but he's also single and hip. And everyone's like, "Fuck you! That's not him. That's not my Spider-Man." And then they were like, "Well, fine. We'll just uh, we'll just one more day it." And now he's single and young and cool. And everyone was like, "That sucks." And they're like, "Damn it!" But if only they thought in like night in 2007 or 2008 to be like, "How about we just make another Spider-Man?" <laughs> yeah. Which I think they well they had Ultimate Spider-Man running. People were like. That's the ultimate. That's the Spider-Man we want. Like that's the young, hip, single Spider-Man, and they're like, no, 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 no. But it's got to be everywhere. But uh, so we're ta today we're gonna talk about Batman versus Superman, but not the plot or spoilers or uh, speculation, but rather the the the, the whole R rating thing. Right. The fact which... that the rumor, by the way, uh, a little bit clickbaity, but the fact is the movie that's coming out will not be R rated. But no, but they're already they're already pimping. You know, an R-rated version, you know, which one which I think what bugs me more than anything is that Snyder and company are treating this like, nah, man, the R-rated version, this is the real version of it, man. <laughs> you know, Batman, Superman, not for little kids, R-rated the way it was always meant to be. Yeah, the way Batman and Superman have always been presented. To which I raise a massive eyebrow to that, and I'm just like, uh, what? Yeah, not so much. Uh, and I think that's really the main crux of the argument, is like, you know, obviously it came on the heels of Deadpool, which is a combination mm -hmm. of brilliant comic book movie satire, plus really yep. cool original action movie, um, mixed in with the fact that it also happens to be rated R, so it can be all those things and more. Yeah. Um, and the fact that when Batman Begins came out or Dark Knight came out and everyone's like, okay, you all like this. We are investigating, we're investing millions upon millions of dollars into an art form and we need to have some kind of like certain return. We need to have a return yep. that we, we know we're going to get and we can't bank on a name anymore. We can't just say Superman, here it is, because then you'll Superman, you'll Superman returns us and <laughs> we will get so fucked. But in this case, they were like, okay, you like grim and gritty superhero movies that are kind of real and grounded? Done. No problem. Here is Spider-Man with no glasses riding a skateboard. And it was God like... God damn it. God damn you. All, all these years later, that friggin' skateboard. And his, oh, I'm so nerdy, but I'm also like a loner and everything, and I'm really cool. Yeah, I'm hot, and my hot girlfriend and I are just being hot together, but I, my life sucks, though. Because yeah, my... I love that trailer of voiceover where he's just like, the greatest thing 
that I've all that were like my greatest regret is not knowing what happened to my parents. And I'm like, what? They left you. That isn't even <laughs> close to a to a Spider-Man problem or yeah. a Spider-Man journey. It's not even close. I'm drinking my Coke Zero. And, and the fact that I made a hundred, I'm made a hundred times more responsible for my uncle's death because I was being a petulant little shit. I was being a real fucker, and my uncle like died in the street. Like, <laughs> you, you know, th alone. Th 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 that's another topic right there. We'll have to take apart the Amazing Spider-Man duology because it's only two, and why that failed. We'll need to yeah. take that apart in another episode. It's true. No, and 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 uh, Whirlwind Spiral makes a good point that like Peter Parker's been hot forever. Like the it's fact, true. That, and like so for me, I've never considered Peter Parker's looks to be like part of his woe is me. Like if anything, it's just like I look like a guy. He's, like he, he, he's that version of the girl where it's like, well, you know, if you take off your glasses, stop dressing like a knob, and comb your hair. Exactly. If you stop dressing like it's 1962, you'll look okay all the pal. time. Uh, also, drop those those sweaters. Uh, <laughs> but but I love my sweater vest. Yeah, for the sweater vest, and then later his college sweaters, where he just there's just a pattern. And just sweater. <laughs> like, look, I, 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 I wear them too, man. I know. But I'm also not trying to attract a mate anymore. So, but anyway. Uh, 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 Nimrod Canada, while we were talking about the, uh, the chat there, actually had a great one a while ago I wanted to give him credit for. When he said the whole uh, R-rated thing for Batman v Superman. Well, Snyder and company, if the R-rated version is the real version, why should I bother paying to see the standard one in theaters? Right? Even more so, is it not kind of a defeatist attitude to come out and say, yeah, but the R-rated version the real version though that sounds like you're already bracing for the movie to underperform and this will be your way out excuse going well if we got to put out the r-rated version like we wanted to yeah it's definitely a uh, an ass covering for them where they're like no 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 no, the real version's coming just in case you weren't happy about it because we've mm -hmm. heard some negativity fact is i've said this from day one no trailer needed you just need the logo of the True. superman symbol and the bat symbol behind it and everyone who would have gone if you released a thousand trailers, would still go. If you released zero trailers, it's it's a license to print money. That's it for is. Sure. It's 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 Batman and Superman on screen together for the first fucking time. How can you go wrong? That is. How a did how did it take to 2016 for this to happen? And how have we had two Avengers movies with Hawkeye in before, them? Yeah. For <laughs> Before Wonder Woman gets a move. We saw Vision and Scarlet Witch before we saw a proper Wonder Woman on the big screen. It's true. We're finally getting it, but uh it's just like for me it's it may it's 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 a sure thing. It's a slam dunk. And if they don't dunk it, it's their fault. But I also don't have any doubts. They're gonna it's, make it. It's gonna make truckloads of money even if critics savage it. Absolutely. No yeah, even if it's the worst thing, they'll still go. And uh, and they'll and they'll still make their money. They'll still make their billion, you know. Uh, but the R rating thing is, I think, in part, a reaction to the Deadpool. Oh, certainly. Thing. You know, it's funny. Uh, I'm not sure if you read it, but James Gunn wrote an amazing article on this uh, on the success of Deadpool and saying, you know, don't be surprised if you see a bunch of other superhero movies trying to follow suit. Man, I'm sure he had no idea that people would be trying to follow suit so quickly between this and the supposed Venom movie and, you know, uh, X-Force might be R-rated. and now, with the X-Men franchises, that makes sense. X-Force R-rated? Totally. Wolverine yeah. movie R-rated? Totally. Let Spawn? that be the R-rated arm of your X-Men franchise. And there aren't 
there are a lot more R-rated superhero movies than people expect. You know, people it's think true. this is new, and it's like Blade, the first superhero movie to pull us out of Batman and Robin, was yep. R. V Punisher Warzone, Kick-Ass, yeah, V for Vendetta, Watchmen, uh, 300, two other previous Snyder joints. Dread. Dread, oh my god, Dread is so good. I watched Dread on Netflix the other day. I watch it pretty much every few months because it's so awesome. And it is. And you could throw it on. It feels like it's about a 45-minute long movie. Yeah, yeah, it moves <laughs> at great speed. Yep, and it's just like, oh, cool, we're already here. Sweet. Uh, but the question is... Okay, they're going to make it R-rated. Or at least, like, look, every every Blu-ray release is unrated. Yeah. Like, so you could have any movie that has the, a PG-13 rating. You could throw in a hardcore sex scene, and no one will be like, what? Because it's a Blu-ray, and, the, and, and aftermarket, like, media doesn't need to be MPAA rated. You know, like, they just slap on, like, road trip unrated. You know, like, mm -hmm. no, it's just they left all the deleted scenes in. Yeah, pretty much. You know, much. that's not unrated. A a every Judd Apatow movie. Yeah, every Judd Apatow. Unrated! No, they just didn't bother to submit it to a rating board. And that's why it's, like, two, three hours long, because it's all the stuff that didn't get cut. Well, and it's a Judd Apatow movie, so it's like, well, we needed to cut all of the improv in order to get to the scene that takes place. <laughs> I know, and that's why I love Judd Apatow. It's like, dude, you have basically an entire movie on the cutting room floor here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think that them announcing Batman vs. Superman, R-rated on Blu-ray, is it's a, it's a marketing stunt. It's a, oh, totally. I, I think it's also a testing ground. I think they're like, can we get away with this? Will people accept this? Because if people accept a Batman vs. Superman R-rated movie... All bets are off. Yeah, oh, totally. I mean, Disney will continue to never make an R-rated Marvel movie. Because they don't have to, because they have mom, dad, and the kids in the palm of their hand. Well, that's the thing. Uh, they, And for me, like I, I, I've, that was my always my concern with Disney purchasing Marvel, was are they going to take out the teeth? Are they going to pull all the punches are they gonna make everything just a little a little too shiny a little too clean you need only look at netflix for your answer and thankfully that's the case we have the netflix shows which ha which have with jessica jones we've got legitimately two bed-breaking sex scenes yeah, literally bed-breaking you're right it's they fucked so hard <laughs> that they broke their apartment uh Amazing and smashing a dude's head into a car door over and over that again. That was that that moment in Daredevil. I'm like, okay, we're good. Um, so, some dude impaling himself on a pipe. Yes, but for me, that's Marvel, and it's the reason why it's Marvel. The reason why art why Marvel for me is more naturally R-rated is because Marvel is real. Like Marvel's always taking place in the real world where anything can happen. I think it's why it was so easy for them to make Marvel Max titles. It right. was so easy for uh, Jessica Jones to integrate into the Marvel Universe because it's not out of the realm of possibility to imagine that the Avengers all fuck each other and that <laughs> sometimes they have pregnancy scares. Yeah. Uh, but for, for whatever reason, and I don't know what it is, maybe it's my personal bias, and like I, I want to get your opinion on this as well, but like... Look at The Boys by Garth Ennis. Oh, God, yeah. And he is not necessarily talking about the Avengers. He is focusing on the Justice League. 
Absolutely. And he's looking at the DC universe, but giving it kind of like the gritty Garth Ennis's version of the Marvel universe treatment. Yeah. Like, look at these gods. They probably fuck too. And they also are monsters. They, it's like, yeah, these these modern day gods, these, you know, Justice League stand-in superheroes are every bit as depraved and hedonistic as the actual ancient Greek gods yes. from which so much of this is derived but from. But for me, that bothers me on a almost profound level. The idea of them dragging Superman into an R-rated world. Absolutely, and I think the thing about Superman, and I, I like uh, Jeremy in the chat saying, you know, R-rated Superman seems a bit irresponsible. I agree, because it's like he's so much more than just a combo character. He is a pop culture icon, an American icon, a world icon. World, really. yeah. It'd be, it would be like if Mickey Mouse was fucking. I mean, and, you know. Which, by the way, if you've ever wanted to see Mickey Mouse fucking and also learn something about yourself, you should look up Max Landis's Mickey Mouse story comic. Oh. It's really weird, and it'll, it'll, like, you, it's like everything that Landis writes. Uh, it's, it's, whether you like it or not, it's fucking compelling. Absolutely. Really I was also going to say I was also going to say the Air Pirates was yeah. another thing when you know they uh, when a bunch of cartoonists mad at Disney for their copyright things did a dark grim and gritty sexed up version of Mickey Mouse and light characters. Right. The, the fact that Superman I don't know if we can say that he's above R rating, but I think that's where I'd start because Superman I think he I think he transcends R rating. I think he's I think he is is beyond it. I don't. I think that if you if you try to put Superman into an R-rated movie, he might ha be in an R-rated movie, but he himself would not be. It's true, and there's maybe only a handful of stories where I think it would make sense for Superman to be in an R-rated world. Like obviously, Dark Knight Returns, which yes, this is what Snyder seems to be pulling. But the funny on thing is, most. for me, Dark Knight Returns isn't even R-rated, and I think that making it R-rated is adding things that aren't there. Heck, they made two animated movies out of it they for did. crying out loud. But I don't I don't think that you even need to make it R-rated. I, I think that like if you if you were like, okay, we're taking Dark Knight Returns, but we're making it R-rated, it you're just you're just adding shit that isn't there. Like the fact is, depravity, violence, uh, you know the shit that takes place in that story, or in the stories that Miller has written. You know, there's nothing to, to, to tie it to a rating or that requires the safety net of that much restriction. I mm. think I think that, like, it's... It, look at any episode of any show on TV, basic television, in which characters find a dead body. And I, I, that way I don't have to name any of them, but all of them. Law and Order SVU. Perfect, but but yeah. any of them, like NCIS, Bones, like any of those shows will show shit that is pretty much as horrible that takes place as Dark Knight Returns. Is there child murder in your in those shows? Yes. yes. It's in the it's in Dark Knight Returns. Like is there suicide? Is there murder? Is there violence? Is there child endangerment? Like yeah, yeah. all these Lots. things take place. Lots. But they're not all rated. It's just that no one says fuck. And in fact, like the worst that anyone says, I think that, uh, I, I know that the kid says, Batman's gonna kick your ass, and then Batman says, watch your language, son, which I think is that, amazing. That, that is the brokenness of the American MPAA, and I think South Park, the movie, hit that on the head perfectly, where they're like, remember what the MPAA says, everyone, horrible, deplorable violence is okay, as long as no one says any naughty words. That blew my mind. You know what movie was on TV yesterday? Not like basic TV, but cable TV, which is just as neutered as regular TV. Uh, the Rock, which is mm. arguably Michael Bay's greatest film 
and one of Nicolas Cage's best movies yeah. because of how fun and stupid it is. Yeah. Uh, the Rock is amazing, R-rated. Uh, the shit that takes place in that movie, people are, the people's feet are, you know, ventilated with bullets. Uh, you have someone who is, so, uh, Nicolas Cage places a biological weapon in a man's mouth <laughs> and then punches him in the jaw and then breaks the biological weapon and then his skin boils and his guts spew out of his mouth. Nice. These are all scenes that take place in the TV broadcast version. That's fun. But, the line that Sean Connery says when Nicolas Cage is whining about how he's trying his best, which is the best line Sean Connery's ever ever said, which is, Your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. <laughs> no, we don't get that line. We get, Winners go home and date the prom queen. Oh, uh, do they date them, Sean? Thank you for that. Like, thanks for ruining this movie. The, you gotta love those TV edits there, like Sam Jackson's I want these motherfucking snakes off these motherfucking plane. Uh, the TV edits. <laughs> these monkey fucking snakes on this Monday Friday plane. Really? Really? Come on. Come on. Like, at this point, you can hear the worst shit ever in a vine. Yeah. Like, for me, but this is also, this is tackling a larger problem, which is like, I think that censorship and ratings are kind of dumb. There's a great movie out there called This Film Is Not Yet Rated, and I'm sure you've seen it, Sal, where they talk to all these filmmakers yeah. about them pitching their movie and just the stupid things that the MPAA have problems with and how it's not the same over in Europe and in other countries. Oh, no. I've seen I've seen stories in which uh, characters or movie makers have submitted their film to the MPAA. The MPAA said, remove these two, like, 0.5 second long shots they yeah, you, didn't you, you, you showed too much boob for too long and you had one too many thrusts in your sex scene take right. one thrust away but it's not even that it's just like i don't remember what the what the actual cuts were i think they were violence but they just they just didn't do it and then resubmitted it and they said it was fine like yeah. it just shows that they don't They're give not a, even consistent but it's that's what bureaucracy is it's just people placed in inauthentic uh artificial power and they exactly need to feel like they power. did something yeah exactly and that's so stupid. And yeah, the, the South Park guys often say when they pitch their show, they put stuff in that they know the censors are going to take out just so they feel that the censor did something and that way they can keep the really messed up well, shit they, they That wanted. way they can keep the shit they wanted to keep in the first place. It gives them a target. It's like Batman's yellow emblem. It yeah. draws the focus in so you don't shoot the prime real estate. Like that, the, the, the Batman versus Superman movie I mean, like, if Disney owned it, it would be PG. And it would be, it would probably have elements of darkness in it because it's fucking Batman. And if it's not dark, it's really dumb. Like, if, if it's not in any, if because look, the like, you can tell lighthearted Batman stories. You can tell happy-go-lucky Batman stories. But... Mm -hmm. We haven't gotten near as many in the last decade no, or so. No, but, but if you, if you forget that Batman is the byproduct of, of, like parental murder if you yeah. like of, of child endangerment and violence like he's a product of violence and he's he himself is pretty insane like yeah that then you have lost it and you need to have some element of darkness in there but i think that a, a disney because disney would would self-censor they'd be like no, no 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 like this can't be here because i think that that's i think that's why the netflix shows 
are allowed to do so much because I think they're like, well, no, 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 you can do your street level guys and they can all fuck each other and like, mm-hmm. you know, and do drugs. But the Avengers, you know, those pillars of, <laughs> of squeaky cleanness. Pillars uh, with, with the drunk who's not really a drunk. Yeah, with, and, the, yeah. with the man who literally is a drunk driver all the time. All the time. <laughs> I mean, and like Captain, if you think Captain America didn't kill people in World War II, then you are dreaming. Yeah. Uh, Black Widow herself was a child murderer. Trained She's... assassin. Again, same with Hawkeye was, you know, a, a circus thief, although they don't really do that origin. But they don't deny that origin. Either. Right, exactly. Yeah, that you can you can you can allow all those things to exist, but like they don't focus on it, so it's not a big deal. But it's still like a little bit more spit polished, um, and but that's that that's like a self imposed kind of thing. But like, I don't think we need an R rated Batman versus Superman movie. Neither do I. To get a cool movie, to get the Absolutely. best version of it. Um, that there. That said, I think there are movies or comic book adaptations. That if you take away the freedom of an R rating, you're hurting it. You know, Deadpool for one yeah. is harmed without the R rating, and even then, I, like I, I wouldn't have wanted to see a PG version of that movie. I remember there was some controversy about like, well, my kid can't go see it, so you should make it PG thirteen, and it's like your kid isn't even thirteen, so right off the bat, like you're being inappropriate, like you're yeah, taking your kid to, yeah, and your kid really shouldn't. Yeah, um, but like. Deadpool works because it's made by people who want to make that movie. Absolutely. And, and make it the way that it came out. Exactly. And make it the way that it came out. Even though there were restrictions, they cut a lot of stuff out that they, but that was for budgetary reasons. These are reasons that you get, like, I understand it, you know, but, but to cut things because, you know, well, that's a little too, that's a little too blue, or that's a little too harsh, or that's a little too real, like, you know. I, I mean, come on, Deadpool was the movie where we had our first superhero pegging in a movie. That's, that will be a first forever. Deadpool will forever be able to hold that back. It's true. And you know what's funny for me? I remember reading about it or hearing about that, that focus uh, a lot, about a week or two after the movie came out. And I remember thinking to myself, oh yeah, that's right, that did take place. And when it happened in the movie, I didn't, and it could be my leftist, my leftist East Coast, uh, Harvard establishment, uh, right? With us up in our ivory towers drinking our Chianti. Yeah, but like, it didn't affect me or even, I didn't even really, I mean, I noticed because I was like, oh, but I wasn't like, I felt like it's like, all right, well, you know. I didn't feel like it was as big a deal as everyone wanted it to be. No, it absolutely was. I'm like, hey, they're just doing shit that I'm sure every couple tries once in a while. Right? I mean, like, well, maybe not every couple, but like, you know, but like, definitely Ted Cruz. But like, the, 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 the more fun experimental couples. Hey, what are we Yeah, exactly. Do the people who are like, who are out of it and bored and like, let's try this. Like, <laughs> let's spin the wheel. Spin the wheel and see what happens. Like, uh, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like. I don't think the movie would have made been made poorer if the MPAA was like, you can't have that in there. Like <laughs> you're right, you're right, Chad. He also had a ring pop up his ass. Good, uh, good call. I remember that. Uh, <laughs> but there are other movies like Deadpool and longer ago than Deadpool that are also harmed without the the, the safety net of the R rating. And I think like like for example, look at Punisher. Yeah. When Punisher came out, it was PG-13. Uh, Warzone or 2004? 2004. That was PG-13. And I remember it, I remember thinking to myself, 
It kind of sucks. And, and that I, one even still got away with a decent amount of violence. He stabbed dudes through the mouth and oh, everything. Yeah, all he the threw shit hot that, water on guys. All the shit he wanted to do pretty much stayed. Uh, it's just that, he, for me, Punisher works when it's like a John McTiernan 80s action movie. Mm. And back then, and I hate to use my, like, my back then. Back uh, in my day, yeah, when exactly. movies were good. <laughs> yeah, uh... But back then, they weren't afraid to make it, like, to, to do something R-rated. They weren't afraid to not make money. Or at least it felt that way. You know what I mean? Like, like look at all the movies that people nowadays idolize and uh, romanticize. That, that are, by the way, do those idolizations. Like, Terminator. Terminator mm. 2, Alien, Aliens, uh, Godfather, Godfather, uh, all these movies that people love and revere and are, are awesome and are classics and and in uh, inform how we make these kinds of movies. Like you can't make action movies without some of these influences. Die Hard, Ter uh, Predator, mm. um, you know, uh, Lethal Weapon. Ah, oh, yeah. Uh, these movies inform how we show you our action heroes and without the r rating without the safety net it it just feels a little inauthentic it feels a little a little, a little like they like they've been neutered a little bit or their teeth have been removed uh and but but and while i i think that works for action movies and i think we need to re return to that dread for example r rated mm -hmm. so great everybody loves it even though it made like four fucking dollars you know it's we should also talk about that at some point too why did deadpool succeed so hard where stuff like dread and punisher warzone and kick ass and all these I, other ones i don't fail. understand i don't know why i feel like it's just because of the property I think I that guess. I think that it was more accessible yeah i think deadpool's just more aware like it was just more out there I think the Deadpool is a mainstream character. Dread just isn't. It was something they hadn't seen before. Where at the Punisher, you're like, oh, another action revenge movie. And that's the thing. Punisher is just any bad Charlie Bronson movie with a graphic t-shirt. It's true. And you know what? It's like every year a great revenge movie comes out. And you're like, man, that was a Punisher story. If only they slapped a skull on it. That, that uh, Keanu Reeves one, uh, John Wick. John I'm like, Wick. Man, so John, great. If they put a skull on Keanu Reeves, that would have been the best Punisher movie ever. Man, the brave one, if they slapped a skull on that woman, this would have been the best yeah. Punisher Yeah, oh movie. my god, that's true. Friggin' Death Sentence with Kevin Bacon. Man, if they had only slapped a skull on him, this would have been an amazing Punisher <laughs> yeah. movie. It's funny, the chat's blowing up by saying it was all the marketing. No, it wasn't. You liked the marketing. The marketing was successful, but the marketing isn't the reason why Deadpool beat Dread. Okay, that's an easy answer. It's a it's a safe answer. It's an obvious answer, but that's not the answer. The answer. The, the to, marketing was as cheap as ultimately the movie was. The only difference was Ryan Reynolds gave a crap and went in there and actually did a bunch of it himself. Yeah, it had a lot to do with the color of the character. It had a lot to do with the accessibility of the character. It had a lot to do with the fact that the star was a star and not mm. Aomer from Lord of the Rings. It had a lot to do with the fact that Deadpool is just simply more accessible to America. 
Americans and to the world at large than fucking Judge Dredd. It had a lot to do with a lot of factors, and the marketing is one cog in a very intricate and complicated machine. The fact that it ultimately didn't have much competition going up against it when it did come out? It's like fucking when Star Wars came out on Christmas, and I remember saying, since Avatar, or since Titanic, because James Cameron's like, People go to see the movies on on Christmas. I'm going to release a summer blockbuster on Christmas. And lo and behold, it was the number one fucking movie of the year because nobody releases summer blockbusters on Christmas. And then Star Wars needed that like six month like window to make the effects better. And so they went from May to Christmas. And I'm like, yes, do that. And then it made quadrillion dollars more than it, than it was probably going to in May when it would have been diffused by all the other fucking blockbusters that came out in May and June and July. And as such, like, now all, you'll see a Star Wars movie every Christmas until oh, yeah. you die. <laughs> until you die. And it's amazing because, and I'm so happy for it because I love Star Wars. Me too. And I really don't like Avatar. And I'm so <laughs> glad to see that somebody that I like, who has a property that, I, that I'm excited by, uh, took James Cameron, a man who I used to respect, who used to make movies that I really like, <clears throat> uh, came up with. He's the guy who's like, put through fucking summer blockbusters out on Christmas and you'll make a bazillion dollars. By the way, if you ever watch the Star Wars Phantom Menace review, you'll notice that the Red Letter Media guys talk about how uh, Titanic was originally going to be a summer blockbuster. But they moved it. But they moved it. And then... Lo and behold, there there worked. Um, but yeah. Anyway, bleh, uh, my my the real question is like, okay, so they're making Batman vs Superman R rated uh, for the Blu-ray. My question to you is, and, and, and maybe an extra theatrical engagement they were talking about, which makes me think that's another cover our ass if we didn't make the money we wanted to, because that can help us sure up the numbers. Uh, DC and Warner Brothers do that a lot. They're like, oh well, here's an extra engagement so it can add to our overall gross. I don't think that really on. works. Like, they I, try it though. They did it with Dark Knight Rises. They did it with Man of Steel. They did it with The Hobbit. Remember the R-rated Hobbit? That's right. I forgot about that. I didn't see it. Why? Because, A, fuck The Hobbit. Those movies are awful. <laughs> I enjoyed the first one and parts of the second one and saw the third one in theaters, then never again. I did not see the last two in theaters. I saw the first one in theaters and was like, oh, never mind. Uh, but they try, They were like, yeah, The Hobbit, R-rated, because there's a lot of blood in it. Feels more like a stunt to me. I don't think you can make that movie R-rated. Yeah. Nobody says fuck, because fuck doesn't exist in, in Middle Earth. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine if it did. Is there it any feels... fucking in the movie? No. Well, then that's then then no, because there's and no I, amount of blood. There's and I no mean, would of... you would you want to see Hobbit sex? I mean, really? No. <laughs> Some people would. I mean, listen, I mean, there's, that's there's a, an audience. That's for a it. fetish, and I totally get it. And you know what? Like, more power to you, man. But like, those two elements are the reason why movies are rated R. There's a you could have a there's literally blood baths in PG thirteen movies. I mean, look at the uh, look at how the, the the slasher movie genre has been destroyed by it really the has been. by the like desperate clutching at dollars because we need teens to go see it and we can't make a good R-rated teen slaughter fest because our target demo won't get to go see it. Yeah, and they've been put and like it's funny because I feel like they've been kind of doing they've been doing God's work. It's almost like the porno industry doing our work for us. Like when the porno industry is like F you HD DVD, it's Blu-ray all the way and we got yep. that and uh 
porn's always usually on the right side of history. Uh, look, it, it, Google it. Is, it. It's true. Whatever. It's what they say in Tropic Thunder. Whatever the porn industry picks will ultimately become the number one format. They picked beta. They picked VHS. They picked Blu-ray over HD DVD. And because they make more DVDs than anybody. By the way, uh, beta is a better format than VHS. It was higher quality. It was much better looking. You had you were able, but the problem was it was huge. It was more expensive. And there you go. You had to rent the player most of the time. Yeah, but uh, yeah, well, you had to vent, you had to rent VCRs back in the day. Yeah, so yeah, kids. Back in the day, we had to actually uh, rent our players sometimes if you didn't have enough to actually own your own. You you were doing well. You were upper crusty if you owned your own VCR. It's true. Uh, yeah, and you had to erase tapes. So anyway, uh, mm. but the point being, um, actually, what was the point? It was about porn uh, being uh, d- d- doing God's work. Slash oh, doing God's work. Yes, uh, the the horror industry or the horror movie industry is doing God's work because they are the guys who are like, well, we got this movie with that's literally an already movie. Like we got Halloween, or we got like Friday yeah. the Thirteenth, or we got some other movie that's just like. It, it's a premise in which teenagers go fuck and a guy in a mask murders them. That's an R-rated concept, or at least it's a scary one. Uh, yeah. It, it involves two things, fucking and blood. Those are things that are staples of R-rated movies. And also cursing, maybe. Uh, yeah. and, and some drug use. Yeah, drug and use some drug use. Like you can show drug use as long as it's just the marijuana. And a- anything harder than that. And in in in, in PG thirteen, you're allowed one fuck. Yeah, uh, only one, only one. I like what was it? Uh, get Shorty made fun of that when they're driving in the car. It's like, yeah, can you believe in PG thirteen? You only get one fuck. Really, only one. You don't say. And then they just keep having a conversation. Yeah, exactly. After said it. Uh, but there's, but uh, because the horror movie industry is like, we got to make the Benjamins, and the R rated brand is death to apparently movies which obviously has been proven incorrect yeah uh, it's funny you should say that because you know to bring it back to superhero movies i'll let you finish but i just didn't want to lose oh, this yeah. thought we don't hear a lot of fucks in superhero movies there's only one i can think of and it was in a pg-13 movie that was x-men first class when wolverine says fuck off yeah go fuck yourselves and it's beautiful because if any comic character should be allowed to swear it's wolverine absolutely <laughs> There's, and, a, there's only a handful where it's acceptable and Wolverine saying, go fuck yourself. Yep, yep, there you go. I don't remember which uh, comic book creator it was, but they said they took their kid to see X-Men for First Class, and the only thing they remembered about it was that Wolverine said fuck. <sighs> was like, Wolverine said the F word. That's all I remember about X-Men First Class. And I'm like, that was the best part of X-Men First Class. <laughs> yeah, I liked X-Men First Class. I liked it, it too, but that's the best part of it. It is the best part. Uh, al- I, although I like the, uh, the, the, the coin scene. Uh, That's pretty good. But too. in any case, uh, move the coin, move it. Yeah, I'll, I'll move it all right. Yeah. Uh, also, that hilarious scene where Michael Fassbender Magneto kills the Nazis, and it came right on the heels of Michael Fassbender killing Nazis in Inglorious Bastards. And I'm I like, know, right? Ooh. What are the odds of that? Yeah, it, all that movie did was make me want to go watch Inglorious Bastards again. <laughs> it's like he got typecast or something as a badass Nazi killer. You know what? I'd watch two movies of starring Michael Fassbender killing Nazis. Two <laughs> more <watched>. movies. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, the horror movie makers are like, all right, we got this R-rated property. We have to make it PG-13. So they're they're... They have a vested interest in pushing the envelope as far as they can. And as such, I think that they're kind of like the unsung pioneers of the PG-13 rating and making it 
blurring the lines between PG-13 and R. Going like, it's true because you get much... away you get away with way more now in PG-13 than you used to in the 80s. Well, and it's funny because in the 80s you used to get away with a lot more because there used to be like only a couple of ratings. It was Steven Spielberg that invented the PG-13 rating for Temple of Doom yep. because they were like, this is too extreme because which... monkey brains and Kalima. Yeah, and it's amazing that's the case because uh, we've we've I've watched a lot of. 80s movies that are PG and nowadays they, they you can't even watch them on television they're so fucked they're so crap like they're so cut by these people who don't even know what's happening like every like Marty McFly has a has a lot more language in it in Back to the Future than any Avengers movie it's true it's unbelievable there's more TNA in Karate Kid than there is in any Avengers movie yeah like it's unbelievable uh but uh, but I digress. The point being, I think that like you know, uh, Batman vs Superman being R-rated. Oh, my question is, uh, at this point, shouldn't they just make it R-rated and just release that? Uh, which one? What are we talking about? BVBS. Like just just um, like screw all the pretense. Just make it R-rated and release it. I think it'll still make the same amount of money. I think kids are still. I think parents will drag their kids, or rather, their kids will drag their parents. Mm. But it, I think it would hurt the bottom line a little bit. There's there's something a little icky about it as far as I'm concerned. Call, call me old-fashioned, call me a fuddy-duddy if you must, but I don't know. Like you said, Superman in an R-rated world just feels icky to me. Superman lives in... This Superman, this Man of Steel Superman lives in an R-rated world. It's true, you're right, but then again, this is would an R-rated Batman-Superman movie be any weirder next to a universe where Superman kills people? I don't think so. Right, I mean, or, I think you've already crossed that line that you're never going to come back from. Yeah, if, if anyone at the MPAA lived on the East Coast, they might have had a few different decisions about mm. what to cut from Man of Steel. Yeah. But uh, the, the fact is, like, I agree entirely that Superman probably just shouldn't be rated R, and I don't think there should be a mandate. I don't think there should be, like, a thing. You know what I mean? Like like where Disney was like, uh, by the way, there you know Marvel Zombies? You can have them, but there's no more Marvel, <laughs> Marvel Zombie Spider-Man. He can't be a zombie <laughs> anymore. And it's like, yeah, Kirkman, you know that was the pitch. Like, Kirkman was like, no, 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 Spider-Man eats Aunt May and Mary Jane. And like that's that's where we now, start. Now here, here's the fear moving forward, and again because uh, b because James Gunn talked about this in his article, and you should all hunt it down if you want because it's it's, it's really interesting. Uh, you know he, he talks about you know this opening the floodgates for R-rated comic book movies, and as we mentioned before, Marvel has no intention of going R-rated. Why should they? They make all the money anyway. It's true. Do you think if we do see like an R-rated comic movie arms race and this becomes the new it thing right now, it's like, yeah, you know, not for kids anymore, you know, not for grandpas and, you know, moms. This is this is cool. Do you think we will see the superhero movies go the same way we saw the comics go in the 90s? And do you think that will ultimately hurt the movies? Do you think the ass will fall out of the pyramid if you can't start refreshing with kids to come see it? I don't know. I, I think that the idea of uh, rebranding your superheroes to make it be more kid-friendly is a myth. I think that kids buy whatever is available to them. Like, I remember being a kid and buying comic books and mm -hmm. there being no rating system. 
right. except for the fucking comics code authority, which was bullshit. Anyway, um, yeah. but I, it isn't but, even a thing anymore. But even then, I bought Spawn and the Max and all the Image catalog, and like there was a lot of crazy shit in there that was hardcore. But Marvel is trying to catch up, and so is DC in that case. I mean, look at Vertigo. Look at the Vertigo line. They practically invented the hardcore superhero based on Constantine and Swamp Thing and all of Alan Moore's influence. Like, there's a lot of R-rated shit that's in the. I mean, look at the the beginnings of comic books itself. I mean, comics about like like tales of murder and just yeah. stories about like about lunatics murdering women. You know, like these are this is this is part of the history. But I think that like you know, kids are gonna watch whatever they think is like awesome looking. And I think it's, that if you tell it, kids like, hey, look, Man of Steel or Superman's R-rated, I think they're gonna run. And trip over themselves to see it's why. It's true. It, it, it is like the reverse psychology thing of like, it's the movie they don't want you to see. Yeah. That said, I mean, like, look, the fact is, it's a movie. A comic book, literally, you just go up there, you grab it off the rack. I remember I had a lot of comics that my parents would not have been okay with. I mean, if you watch our episode of Back Issues where I explained Dark Knight Returns to them, That's they were really like, when did you buy this? And I'm like, I think I was about 12. And they're like, this would not have been okay. I assumed that you were just buying comic books. I assumed it was for children. I remember at one, at one point my dad read an art. He must have read an article. Because he didn't give a shit about comic books at all. He didn't want to know about them. He didn't want to hear about them. He didn't want to talk about them. And then one day, he just comes to me out of nowhere and goes, Give me a sampling of your comic book collection. I'd like to rummage through it and see if it's okay for you. And I go, he must have seen, they must have done some fucking 60-minute article about this. Yeah, there must have been an N MSNBC. Like, son of a bitch. So I had to go, and this is like, a, like as a 10 or 11-year-old, God damn it, I gotta go fucking find my comics. And I had to go cherry pick like G-rated or kid-friendly, and I'm like, there's none of them are this. Like every, even my Spider-Man comics was Mary Jane in a negligee. I'm like, oh crap, there's nothing. Spider-Man versus the dumpster slasher. Yeah, like, he is gonna take away my comics because he's been negligent the entire time. <laughs> and sure enough, like I gave him a saying, I grabbed books that I didn't care about. I grabbed like an Iron Man book, and I grabbed like an Avengers books. I didn't like Avengers back then, and like I was books where he's like, this is not acceptable, and I'm like, okay, Dad, I will never buy another Iron Man book. As long as I live, <laughs> but like, and he shows me them. And he's like, "Look oh, at this! Good. Look at this! This is sexy. This is too sexy for you." And I'm like, "Okay, Dad, you, you, for you, you got it. I will not buy any more of that." And it's like, you know what? Like, you have it's worse now. You have the internet. Like, yeah. The only thing that's the it's it's a totally different argument because uh, uh, the the bottom line is Batman versus Superman. The only reason why. For me, they're going to make it R-rated or why they're going to release an R-rated version is because money. It's yeah. because trends. Oh, it's a, it, it's a ploy. It's a total marketing ploy. And I think just to wheel it back to what I said there about, you know, the 90s grim and gritty boom kind of leading to the fall of the comic industry, as yeah. we now know historically. If anything, I think would save it is the fact that part of comics going grim and gritty meant that they, you know, went out of the grocery store and the gas station and the drugstore and went into special comic shops of their own. Yeah. With movies, movies are always going to be at theaters. That's right. And people will always be able to find them, unlike in the 90s when comics kind of disappeared from places where people went and went into their own special little space. Exactly. Now, uh, and, and I think that the R, an R-rated theatrical release for Batman vs. Superman would be, A, a mistake for many reasons. 
And I mean, it's already a novelty. It's like it's not like it's the only version we're putting out. We're putting no. out the version that everyone's going to see, and we're also putting out this novel. Well, and uh, that's the thing. I, I I was just saying, like, if they were like, no, let's go full Deadpool and just just fuck everyone's expectations, be like, no, Batman vs <laughs> Superman, or like, I think that it would hurt them financially just oh, because God, yeah. just because it's not like they can just Google it and download it. They have to go to a building with someone who drove them there <laughs> and then get past the the the, the man at the gate who mm -hmm. will stop them based on how ID. high their voice is like you know i mean what for the batman v superman please yep uh and it's just kids on shoulders with a trench coat i mean like i, I, lo I love that in fiction i wonder if anyone has actually tried that the shoulders trench coat and fedora yeah i mean i guess the idea is let's let me ask you this what about video games video games have been have been like what about gta 5 and, and didn't it, stop it from being the biggest media thing sold ever like per capita but i think that had more to do with the fact that you know uh like movie or videos i think that it's it's actually kind of similar to comic books in that parents aren't really that attentive like they, they just i think with video games they're getting better but definitely they're getting if, way you better. Buy, if you buy from small mom and pop shops mom and pop shop doesn't care what you're buying the bigger chains might care but mom and pop shop just wants to make a sale well like even the bigger chains like they don't they, they have to ask but for the most part they're like whatever like I've seen, I've I've seen that take place. It's, it's like, the what? thing where it's like, okay, let me see your fake ID plays. Okay, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Yep, you're good. Yep, exactly. Uh, I mean, the fact is, like, <laughs> was that a fake ID or a baseball card you gave me? I don't know. Either way, here's I also don't care because you have sixty dollars to spend on a video game. Man, I wish they were sixty dollars. Still, new games are like eighty something here in Canada. Oh, yeah, it's about a hundred bucks to buy a new game in Canada. That's I think horrific. that's that is horrific. Here's the thing. Controller, same deal. Now, this might just be on Sony merchandise. I know Sony jacked the price on a bunch of Sony stuff after their stock took a dive, yeah. and I don't think it's recovered yet. Wow. <laughs> like, like, I was looking at The Division so I could go play with Benny and Rob, and I'm yeah. like, fuck, I could take that $80 and buy food. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's pay some bills. That's the difference between being a kid and being uh, self-reliant. Yeah, like, yeah, man. You got you got to make friggin' choices. Yeah, well, that's because your bank when you're under 18 is your mom or your dad or your yeah. grandma. Like, your bank is Christmas. It's just whatever your holiday wherein you get money. You just go and get it, and then you save up however much you have. It's just... I, I, I feel like it's... It's annoying to me because it's the right lesson for the wrong reasons. The Deadpool R-rated phenomenon. You hit it right on the head. Everyone taking away the wrong lesson from it. Yeah, because I want more R-ratings across the board because I, I want my and movies. I want the next Punisher Warzone and the next Dread to be successful and launch well, series. That, like there's so much attached to it. But I like just as a just as a, a cinema goer, as a as a as an artist, as a fan of art itself, I want my art to be uncensored. I want my art to be uh organic and pure. Or as pure as it can be. It's a movie. Yeah. So it's made by it, a it, thousand it, people. It's exactly. not gonna be hundred percent. And pure. movie making is a business. Let's and it's, not and it's amazing that any movie is made based on how much effort and how much shit goes into it and, and comes how many out millions of, of notes from producers and producers' assistants and higher ups and just and to get brand like, coordinators. Just to get someone's vision. 
You know, it's like if someone says like, oh, the vision of so-and-so, it's a thousand visions that are all focused through a prism and you get this thing. And I'm, sh- I'm sure as a filmmaker, you've heard, you know, you write one movie, you film another movie, you edit a third and release a fourth. I mean, the fact is like it, it, it depends on how it's made and where the money came from. And like, for example, look at uh, like, look at Kevin Smith, that guy. Who, who is an idol of mine. I love that guy, uh, despite the fact that I haven't loved the last four movies he's made. Yeah. Um, he, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> he makes movies, and say what you will about him. I get it. Like, you, no one needs to bomb the comments or the chat section to say, Tusk sucks. Like, he made a, like, but we get it. Like, but but he he made that movie. Like, that that vision is his vision. And like, no one and no one stepped in to stop him. And no point. one stopped him. Uh, he got no notes from anybody. <laughs> I was one of the few people who wrote hashtag walrus. No, uh, there you <laughs> I was go. like, don't don't do this animated like pay the guy who does the cartoons and do that like but don't make a movie i i love two people were saying like oh he made a movie out of something that he was joking around on his podcast sal and i joke about lots of stuff on our podcast but we don't have the wherewithal to go no and you know what like i'll be honest like he doesn't really have the kind of resources that we assume that he does like in order to get the money for that he's gotta go he's he's gotta work like he's gotta like convince people and work real hard to get that money and but at the end of the day when he made that movie that's his fucking movie like unlike an avengers movie or uh, or batman vs superman where a lot of fucking million hands a lot of checks have to be marked before you can make that movie get greenlit he's like i want to write a fucking weird ass like body horror movie about a walrus about about a stoner from can about a stoner in canada turning into a walrus and it's like you know what here you go and that's and that's one vision and you know what like there's another independent movie that was made from one person's vision but it also required like a thousand people to do something to focus it and that's fucking star wars yeah like and i don't mean star wars the originals i mean phantom menace attack of the clones and revenge of the sith those are george lucas's visions that's that's what one person he made them exactly the way he wanted exactly the way he he shouldn't have yep and we got it man and whether you like it or not like that's art like and it, so that's why I say like when you see a movie that you like like it, when it's re- legitimately released like you go see a movie and you're like oh shit like Road to Perdition is really good you know I don't know why I picked that I think it's an R-rated superhero or a comic book movie it is a comic movie I mean I guess too so is a history of violence it and is so is uh What's the other one? Uh, 30 Days of Night. And- 30 Days of Night, yeah. See, the ones people always forget. 30 Days of Night could have been awesome and was just not. I watched uh, it once and enjoyed it. I think I watched it on like a plane. I'm like, that was good plane viewing. I saw it in theaters. Oh, wow. I laughed my ass off halfway through the movie because they, because like, it's really cool. They do so many really awesome things with those fucking vampires when you don't see them. And like the, where they do the, this really sweet editing with just the vampire where like, mm-hmm. remember the vampire chasing the truck yep, and you only yep. see it in silhouette and they cut him. So like he's here and then he's here and then he's here, but the, the truck is still moving in real time. But like, it's their way of illustrating that he's fucking fast or unworld- mm-hmm. otherworldly. And that shit was mind blowing. Then they all meet in the middle of town in yep. their coats Yep. And their silly outfits. And yep, they from speak Victorian their, era. And they speak their dumbass moon language. No god. And you go. No god. And then and then of course they're like, we've been planning this for centuries. And they slaughter everyone within about twelve hours. 
and spill their blood everywhere. They drink the blood. They're there to eat them, and they they just it's like it's like being a star. It's like starving, right? Like you're you're literally your body is decaying mm-hmm. from starvation, and then you are given a platter of food, and then you just just rip it apart, and just occasionally some of it gets in your mouth. Everywhere. Like that is not the same fucking thing. What? Like the cookie say, monster. Like they just blah, 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 blah. Like, ha- like he, maybe a third of that cookie got in there. <laughs> Come on, cookie monster. You're not fooling us. We know you're not actually eating those. You're just breaking them. You're just you're breaking them. Cookies. But you know what? That shit works. That's theater that of the does. mind, my friend. Um, mm. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> it is. Jim Henson was a master. He was a master. Uh, Batman versus Superman is, good, is not going to be R-rated. It's coming out PG-13, like pretty much every DC movie until the end of time. Uh, it will be PG-13. Uh, I guarantee you, even like movies that shouldn't be, like The Flash, will be PG-13. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of weird. But uh, but the Blu-ray R rating is, I think, a publicity stunt. Oh, I don't God, think yeah. it's a. I don't think it's a legitimate like. Oh no, we're making a definitive version, and it's going to be R rated. No, like you. I think we've established like it's a. It's an aftermarket media disc like you you don't have to rate it at all you could say batman or superman unrated the only reason why you're not saying unrated is because unrated is i think less marketable than an r-rated movie if you mm, say it, unrated it, it, that sounds it also, like it also sounds good too it does r-rated but like unrated i think sounds like no holds barred it's like <laughs> i think that if a parent sees and sees batman or superman r-rated on blu-ray they're gonna go no what what, what? i'm not gonna get this for jeremy <laughs> I love I love you named the kid in this scenario. I did. I did. Widow Jeremy. I did a. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's not even little Jeremy. He's Widow Jeremy. Yeah. I have a. I, I created a character back when I used to do a web comic that was named Jeremy. Nice. Uh, it was a family circus. Uh, you know. Type romp. It, it was a. It was a family circus parody, where I was talking about. I, I I talk about how much I hate family circus, and I'm like, fuck Jeremy, and my girlfriend at the time was like, his name's Jeffrey. Like there is no, there is no Jeremy in that family. I go, yeah, not anymore. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you know, Jeremy <laughs> was killed by Jeffrey by accident, and they buried him in the sandbox. And then I nice. wrote this comic, which they drew and released, in which Jeremy and Jeffrey get into like a fight, and Jeff Jeffrey uh, accidentally kills Jeremy, and then Jeremy becomes the not me ghost of Family Circus. <laughs> Jeremy smoking. Yeah, the Jeremy is actually uh, the not me ghost. The, the not me ghost, you know, where it's like, what? Who did this? Not me, not me. And there's like a ghost says, not me. Of course, and, and that's the man. That that is deep family circus lore yeah. that you're kicking right there. It's true. Uh, and of course, for all you children in the in the chat, family circus is a thing that uh, it, it's like a it's the equivalent of a caveman painting. Uh, you know your comics that you might read on the internet? Yeah, they used to print them in these newspapers. In the paper. Awful, and the ink got on your hands. I don't know how we survived. It's true. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I like this idea that uh, comic strips are the cave paintings of the comic book <laughs> world. They might as well just be like, "What?" So you, you let me get this straight. They drew like with their hands, like a baby toy, and then they printed. <laughs> they were it. these crude hieroglyphs with tales of orange cats and Vikings. Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, somebody mentioned in the chat another 
R-rated comic book movie, and it's not really. A co I don't think that RoboCop was a comic book beforehand. No, but he, they would make comic books out of them later, and technically Frank Miller wrote the third one, and Frank Miller is a comic book writer. And the fact is, RoboCop should be a testament to the fact that you can release any movie R-rated, and it will work for children. I, I, I think RoboCop is a better example of another thing, and that is the movie that would play huge to children, but because it's R-rated, kids aren't allowed to go see it. I, kids saw it anyway. Way. I know they did. Like Ted and RoboCop, I would put in the same like uh, th uh, yeah. the same club of man. This would play huge to kids. Only you know, kids can't see it. Only they I can't mean, see it. And you but know what's funny? Do. RoboCop might be the worst superhero ever. Like I, I remember growing up be like hating RoboCop because I wanted my superheroes to be powerful and effective. And RoboCop, <laughs> which RoboCop is not. RoboCop fails. Every single time that he is facing adversity, every time, first Murphy fights those guys and they kill him. Then he fights the dad from that '70s show and gets shot. He's to amazing. Shit. Everyone in that movie is amazing. Yeah, they like are. I appreciate that movie on every single level now because it's a parody. But like RoboCop it, sucks. It is. He sucks. He, he he is destroyed, dismantled, defeated every single time. And then at the end, and, the only and reason that's part of the joke about how limp and ineffectual you know the yeah. American police uh, system is. And then at the end, the only reason why he succeeds is because the boss fires the other guy which by the Absolutely. way amazing to i love that moment that, that, that's girl. a great moment and it also speaks bigger to the fact that in this future the bad guys have already won and will continue to win that's right i love that that's, <laughs> that, that's the dark undercurrent of robocop one and why it's so genius it was never about saving the world the world was already doomed the bad guys had won already yep I love watching that movie with Tiffany for the first time. And she's like, she's like, we're like 30 minutes in. And she's like, this sucks. And then we get all the way to the end. And he goes, what's your name, son? Murphy. Ba, ba, ba. That's the end. She goes, that's it. God damn it. Also, way to, you know, prophetically predict the future of Detroit in one movie. That wasn't even the future. That was the present Detroit. That was the present of Detroit. <laughs> that, was, that was Detroit. They're just, no, 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 no bones about it. This is Detroit. Uh, but anyway, I, I'd buy that for a dollar. I'd buy that for a dollar. God damn which, it. Which predicts two and a half men and the Big Bang Theory. I mean, I'd buy that for a dollar is just Bazinga. Did you? Yeah. Did you see Robocop 2013 or whatever? No, of course not. I saw it in theaters. Oh, no. I'm sorry. It, it's it, it's worse than terrible. It's it's utterly forgettable. It's the sort of thing that the movie it was made out of railed against. It's It's the reason why... You don't do them. Like, it's like a, it's, it's legitimately, you know, every studio executive going like, well, I think we should reboot this. And they just hold up a copy of RoboCop 2013 or whatever the movie. And they go, what's that? Exactly. And then they move it out of the way of Total Recall 2012. Oh God, that was the thing that happened. Like they made these movies and like no one wants to see them. And I don't care if Karate Kid reboot would like made a Did billion okay. dollars. It's fucking garbage and not you know, even not even close to the original karate kid what i fear and and i keep hearing news about this every so often is when they remake two movies i love and are going to destroy it when they eventually go about remaking highlander and go about remaking the crow which is a terrible idea because it's like have you seen all the crow and highlander right, have you sequels? seen any highlander movie or show not the first one yeah the first one isn't even that great it's more of a joke 
Like, the first one is amazing, but it's also, like, a kind of robocopy movie. <laughs> it, it, appe- it appeals to my Scottish heritage. <laughs> yes. Hello, I'm Juan Villalobos Ramirez. I'm an Egyptian who's also a Spaniard and is not in any way Scottish. I, I love that. In the movie Highlander, Sean Connery isn't the Highlander. It's the French guy playing yeah. the Scotsman. Yeah. Unbelievable. But, dude, Clancy Brown is the Kurgan. Better to burn out than fade away. Fade away. Clancy Brown, man. I remember watching, I think, Superman for the first time being like, is that the fucking Kurgan? That's the Kurgan. Oh, this is going to be amazing. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, uh, I want to see the proliferation of the R-rated movie re-enter the zeitgeist, but... I'm I'm wary of the reasons why it will. Absolutely. And I'm, they're be, they're be, gonna do it for all the wrong reasons. Because here's the here's the reason why I don't like it. It's because Highland is another one. I think it was already as well. Lots of yes, it was, and so was the crow. fucking and killing and swords and shit. It was amazing. It, it's a whole movie based around decapitation. Not only that, the show was R-rated. <laughs> And then neutered for USA. If you watch Highlander, there's 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 fucking and killing in that movie too. Or that show too. Uh but the reason why I don't like it, the reason, because I'm like, because you might be saying to yourself, like, who cares how? We're getting it, right? Like, we're getting more. We're getting a, a new Predator movie. We're getting, like, new Aliens movies. Like, we're getting them all. No, we're not. Because here's why. When one of them fails, they will throw it all away. Like, that's yeah. the problem. Is that Because if that's how Hollywood works. Oh, no, it's failing. Throw everything out. Yeah, they're doing it for all the wrong reasons. If they do it for all the wrong reasons, then they'll f- then they'll throw it away for all the wrong reasons, too. This I, is I'm a sure you've heard the term them. throwing the baby out with the bathwater. That's what they do. That's exactly what it is. That's so frustrating. Like, that's the scary part. Is that, like, and they'll go full tilt to the other direction because they yep. don't know. Because it's like, it's like day trading or any kind of gambling mm. they're taking millions and millions of dollars and throwing it at a creative concept and hoping to make more than what they spent on it it's why green lantern cost 200 million dollars made 250 or, or, or million more. yeah it made 250 million dollars it made its money back not enough of it though and it failed it's and so you see dc change their entire thing towards okay double down on batman and super everything has to be darker and good. I mean, that movie at, was light and fun so no more light and fun no more jokes look at superman returns that yeah. movie didn't that movie did better than green lantern and it cost less it was it, it it proves my point which is like you put the s symbol out there with the bat symbol on it it makes its money back and then some you don't need to do anything else you don't need to do any more marketing um, but Superman Returns made its money back and then some made turned a profit, but yeah. not as much as we were hoping for. Not and as much as that Harry Potter so. shit. Yeah. It's like, wh- how, wh- at what point do you have enough? <laughs> never, never enough. Right? Like, at what point are you satisfied? It's like, yeah, it's like that stupid social media thing where it's like, yeah, well, a billion is okay, but you know what's really cool? A hundred billion. You know what I mean? Like, what? at what point are you are you satisfied? Like, when does your greed, you know, reach its limit? And, it, and the fact is, that's what greed is. It doesn't have a limit. So, yeah. you know, if Batman versus Superman, first of all, here's here's predictions now. Because we're ending the show. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Batman vs. Superman will do crazy business. Oh, of course it will. In th- in the theatrical run. But not then, as good as they want it to, I don't think. I think it will. I think it will do. I think they'll, I think, yeah. Uh, if it doesn't, 
make a billion dollars in the first couple of days, if it doesn't do Star Wars money, then they will be disappointed. I think I think a lot of people have made up their minds already about it, honestly. I think they have, but here's the thing. Even Ghost- if that, they'll go see it anyway. Here's the thing. <laughs> Ghostbusters released one of the worst trailers I've ever seen for a movie of my life. And every criticism video I've seen ends with, this is the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. It sucks, I'm going to go see it anyway. <laughs> and go fuck yourself. This is fantastic. This is fanforstic all over again. Like, don't go see it if you don't think it's going to be good. And then wait and see it either at a matinee or later or on Blu-ray. <laughs> like, I mean, Sal and I have the ultimate cop-out to this because, you know, we, we work in the industry, so we so we need to go see it for work so we can write it off on our taxes later. Oh, no, it's true. Uh, but I didn't. No, I did not see Fan Forced you because didn't, I you, didn't want to see it. You were a man of your conviction. Like, you no. stuck to your guns. You know what? And sometimes my predictions come out right where I was like, this movie's going to fucking fail anyway. I won't, I won't need to see it to you be relevant. You won't need to be up on it, yeah, to talk about it. And sure enough, but uh, no, Batman vs Superman, if I didn't see it, I'd be an idiot. And by the way, uh, the reason why that is is because I'll be at WonderCon on the weekend uh. of the 23rd or 25th. Uh, so on Saturday, come look for me at WonderCon on the floor. Uh, but before that, Thursday... You guys all get to see a special screening, you you lucky songs. Thursday, I'm going to see a special screening at Disneyland. So that's going to be really exciting. So I, like, if I didn't see it, I was like, no, I don't agree with this. I'm not going to go. Like, I would be a dumbass. In fairness, I got invited out to, to it, but I, I can't go to L.A. Oh. That's the thing, like, I I want to see it, though. Like, I was I was really sour on it after Man of Steel, but, and and the first trailer for BVS, I was like, meh. Yeah. The second trailer is great, and if it does as well as, if it, if it does well to, um, like, if, it looks like it's going to apologize for all the shit I don't like about Man of Steel. I, I don't think Snyder's the apologizing type. He'll backhandedly apologize. He's like, okay, fine. Here's a Superman who's more hopeful, I guess. I think he is going to do that. I think he, I, I think he is going to apologize in his own way. The, the bit that got me is all those anti-Superman protesters who look to be tools of Lex Luthor. I'm like, oh, oh, is is that what you're saying about people who didn't like your movie, Zack Snyder? Oh, They're yeah. all tools of evil Lex Luthor. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Way to be classy, dude. Yeah, I agree. Ah. Uh, well, Zack Snyder is a pill is a pinnacle of uh, of integrity. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it was a pillar of the community, Zack Snyder, a pillar of the community. Yeah, pillar of the community, Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the chat had a funny one there too. Where it's like, why can't Joel go to L.A.? Oh, Joel has warrants. <laughs> Joel has an ankle bracelet. That's right. If Joel leaves, his his leg will explode. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know I was in the Suicide Squad. I got a thing on me if I go too far. If Amanda he leaves Waller. Canada, he's he's a he's a national treasure. And if he leaves Canada, they will they will they will riot and kill him. <laughs> the chat had another good one too about Suicide Squad saying I bet uh DC Warner Brothers are kicking themselves after the success of Deadpool that now they're going to have to release a PG-13 Suicide yeah. Squad, a movie where I'm like, yes, it should be and yes, I would be fine with an R-rated Suicide That's Squad. That's one that I would never have argued against it, like it's in in the first place. I no like one I like what it looks like. I like the trailer. I like the the, the whole bullshit. I don't like General Joker aesthetic, but yeah. I don't like Joker, but I I am clearly in the minority, and I understand. Okay, everybody, so I will just keep my fucking opinions to my goddamn self. But that said, <laughs> I, I could go either way on it. But I no. But uh, 
but if they said like Suicide Squad or I'd be like, yeah, right, no shit, as, as, as it should be. Yeah, but most exactly. Suicide Squad stories are that fucking Arkham, that 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 movie, that animated movie based on the game should have been R, like. <laughs> Dude, was. That movie had balls and was pretty hardcore. Exactly, it had it had sex and violence in it. Are you it kidding did. me? It uh, did. So yeah. Uh, anyway, that's it. Uh, Joel, final thoughts on the BVS uh, release slash controversy about the R rating, Blu-ray it, Blu-ray. Will you buy it? I think a lot of it is manufactured, and I can't remember the last time I actually bought a DVD. I like buying DVDs. Like I like having them. I think that's an old. I think that's an old person thing. <laughs> you know, I I used to be that way too, but I'm just like you know, I got digital's. Do they have commentaries on them, and can I find the deleted scenes elsewhere? Awesome. That's funny. I used to be a com uh, commentary whore. Like I loved. Me too. I still am. I used to be, but then I got burned on a couple of them where they're like they didn't learn. You didn't because I like to make movies too, and I like to like learn how movies are made. And most of them are bullshit. You know, like a lot of commentaries are like, well, this was, like, it's boring. <laughs> it was really cold that day. Let's tell you about the weather. Yeah. Oh, and this person's really nice. And this extra was also really nice. And like, man, everyone worked on this movie was really nice, apparently. Yeah, like, well, that's nice to know. Thanks for wasting two hours of my time. <laughs> well, don't watch the Spaceballs commentary. Mel Brooks is there and you think it'd be amazing. But He's he like two jokes behind. He's just two jokes behind. He's like, oh, this is the part where uh, we do the whole beaming thing, and then I'm right next to the office. I'm like, Mel. <laughs> Just stop. Now, it's, now, it's funny. I don't know how into anime you are, but you know what anime actually had surprisingly really great commentary? Helsing Ultimate, because it took them like 10 years to finish that show and get the dub done. Meanwhile, they keep getting everyone back to do commentaries, and they're like, okay, so here was the uphill battle we had to actually get this show done. That's cool. I like that. It was I can cool. dig it. Yeah, just Crispin Freeman and all these other people being like, and here's all the shit we went through for the decade it took to get this show done. That's the shit I like. I, I like to I like to hear about like the tr about triumphing over adversity, um, especially when oh. it comes to movies because that's literally every movie you make is an uphill battle. Repo the genetic opera with Darren Lynn Bousman, the Saw guy, him making his little rock opera movie that he wanted to make forever. He t constantly talks about, okay, and so this, when I was supposed to be doing Saw 4, I snuck off and filmed this in the studio before anyone taught me. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. He's like, well, you basically stole this movie, didn't you? Yeah. He's like, ah, and, fuck you. Oh, yeah, he and then on the actual commentary for Saw 4, he goes out of his way to keep mentioning Repo the genetic opera. What a jackass. And, but you know what? If you didn't, I wouldn't have gone to see Repo the Genetic oh, Opera. He amazing. mentioned it so much, I'm like, I better see it now. Somebody, <laughs> somebody got me it. They were just like, you gotta watch it, here you go. I'm like, thanks. Dude, One day I, I will. Love, I freaking love Repo the Genetic Opera. <laughs> I watch it every Halloween. Paul Sorvino sings in it. He's amazing. Yeah. Oh, man. He's great. <laughs> he sings his heart out in that movie. He's, for, is he still alive? Paulie. Yeah, Paulie, he's still alive. Alright, good. <laughs> Do, do we gotta make a website for that? Is Paul Sorvino still alive? Yeah, I just I thought I remember hearing that he died, but I'm glad to hear that he's not. That's that's good. All right. Well, well, that's it. We're gonna close the show, everybody. Paul Sorvino is alive. Thank God for that. Uh, if he has Twitter, wish him well, and we'll see you guys wish next him well week. On our <laughs> just confuse him. Hey, Paul Sorvino, we're glad you're not dead. No, no, just say I'm glad to see. I'm glad to hear you're doing well, and he'll be like, Yeah, I am doing well. Thanks a lot. Fans of the Elseworld exchange. Yeah, I think he sings a little bit in the Romeo and Juliet movie, too. That's right, he does that Romeo x Juliet yeah. where he plays uh, a Capulet. Yes, oh, so good. Uh, you know who's not great in that? The leads. Uh, yeah. So, because yeah. uh, they don't know what they're saying. So, Dude, friggin', uh, uh, friggin', what's his face? Uh, DiCaprio? Uh, 
No, not DiCaprio. Paul um, Rudd. The, the, no, the guy who played Tybalt, friggin' um. Uh, John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo, man. He's he's given her in that movie. He's given her hard. Yeah, that's John Leguizamo gets 110. percent Dude ate maggots in Spawn. Ate yes. them. Literally consumed maggots. John Leguizamo is an underrated performer because even in the bad movies he's in, he treats it like it's his goddamn Oscar. He really like does. It's his Oscar pick. He's like Matthew McConaughey in Reign of Fire. Yes. Where he's just like, oh my god, this movie speaks to me. I yeah. Gotta, I gotta shave my head and then Every go to the movie. zoo and kill <laughs> and kill lions and take their teeth and say they're <laughs> dragon teeth. Like he didn't. They didn't give him a wardrobe. He just showed up on set in that outfit from Rain of Fire, and they're like, "Oh, uh, Matt." And he's like, "It's not Matt." <laughs> Every movie speaks to John Leguizamo in a meaningful way. It's true. John Leguizamo's like, "I'm this now. I am the singing mandolin from whatever the hell Moulin Rouge." Yeah, that's right. I forgot he was in that too. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Joel, what is happening on Cape Joel that you are excited to feature and talk about? Well, uh, if you head on over to my channel right now, I have my review up for the newest issue of Spider-Man, Spider-Man number nine. He goes into space with Nick Fury. Yeah. He sure does. <laughs> I yeah. saw. You, you know what? Like, I usually defend Dan Slaw Spider-Man from you, Sal. Yeah, I wasn't feeling this issue. Right? It's just, it, like, I think that each issue you're going to be, like, more and more, like, ugh. The, like the whole the whole big thing of this was Spider-Man's like Spider-Man basically does a jackass stunt where he's like, huh, I wonder if my spacesuit can uh, survive uh, impact on Earth. Let's try it. Like why? He would never do that. It's like, dude, I know you haven't been a millionaire playboy for a while, but you do know you have test chimps for this shit. You don't <laughs> have to do it yourself. Yeah, like I get that your body is super strong, but like he, he's just a guy. <laughs> Pretty much. That's so uh, also, uh, if you want to see my cooking show, Cape Kitchen, you can check that out there. I make Aquaman salmon dip. That's a fun video. I also talk about Aquaman in greater media. That one's fun. And also, if you want to listen to another podcast, uh, Matt and myself, my former Blood Sweat Comics host, we uh, we did another episode of the Comic Multiverse, so you can check that out, That's too. That's right. Good show. Check it out, gang. Uh, over here on Comic Pop, in the next hour or so, we're going to be releasing the next episode of Back Issues in which we will be discussing Superman Unchained. Uh, we also... I'm excited for that because I read the first four issues of that, then stopped because it had a huge gap in between releases, then I never came back. It's unbelievable. The kind of, like, It's funny because it's still it's pretty tight Like when you just read it all in one sitting, but knowing the delay, you're like, this is not worth the delay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I was really digging it, it, and then the delay was just like, nope, don't care. Nope, don't care. I don't care that it looks great. And that Scott Snyder's writing it. Because I don't really... Right, yeah, no. There aren't a lot of Scott Snyder Superman stories. No, no, there really isn't. Uh, there's a reason. So, anyway, we're doing that one, and what else is there? Uh, we launched a new show two weeks ago called uh, Panels to Pixels, in which Tiffany plays a comic book video game. Uh, also involving Aquaman, interestingly. This one, with this week's, was Aquaman Battle for Atlantis. Don't worry, it's not a full playthrough. These are just, like, the highlights and talking about some comic trivia as well. The week before that was Punisher for the NES. Next week, who nice. knows what it's going to be. I'm excited to see it. Also, she, she shares the hosting duties with one member of the comic book or comic pop team so you know uh anyway i guess that's it so we'll see you guys next week with an all-new episode of World's exchange thanks so much for watching and don't forget to check out cape joel in the description box below this video we'll see you guys Thank next you. week thanks a lot bye bye, -bye.